0: Live from the MacGyver Project Studios in sunny, warm Wisconsin, it's Nick with the Outstanding Authors Podcast. My guest today is J.W. Rinsler, former editor at Lucasfilm. He's written several books related to Star Wars, uh, but today I'm going to talk to him about his book called The Complete Making of Indiana Jones. Uh, it covers all four movies and has a ton of great stories, quotes, pictures, and illustrations uh, that most people would normally see because they're in the Lucasfilm archive. Um, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan, um, and have been ever since I was a kid. Uh, I think The Last Crusade is one of the best movies of all time, uh, and I love Temple of Doom, and Raiders of the Lost Ark is great too. Uh, Crystal Skull, on the other hand, I'm not a big fan of. Um, back to JW, you can visit him online at www.jwrinsler.com, uh, and follow him on Twitter at jwrinsler Uh, And after I'm done talking to him, I'm going to bring on my childhood friend, Joe Passman, also a big Indiana Jones fan, and we're going to talk about the movies. Um, But for now, let's call J.W. Hi, J.W. Hi, yeah. Hi, this is Nick. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Good, yeah. Thanks a lot for talking to me. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, Um, Where are you? Yeah, I'm in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, yeah, it's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had a big storm here. Um, we're just getting out of it. Our electricity came back on, thankfully. Is this in uh, Los Angeles? No, I live uh, up on the northern California coast, so yeah, we're just smack on the ocean, and there was a big storm and
1: 25 PG&E trucks, and everybody was losing, elect- had no-, no electricity, no internet. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad you got it back. Yeah, yeah. Everything is fine now. Yeah. Uh, so what, uh, what did you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, so um, I, I finished the book, and um, I have some, some questions just about the book and just in general about Indiana Jones, and um, I've always been a big fan since I was a kid, so um, this book was right in my alley. And um, my first question is, um, what was your role exactly at Lucasfilm, and how did you get the position
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, I was a painter. Uh, I'm gonna give you the long answer. Sure. And uh, I thought, boy, I could. I'm sure I could work at ILM, or no, I wasn't sure, but I thought I could, and I sent them something in the late '80s, and uh, they basically wrote back nicely and said that they preferred people with talent and experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I, I went and lived in France. Not as a result of that, but I lived in France for a number of years, and then I came back in the late '90s. Or. 2000, I uh, applied again to different jobs there, because it was still a dream of mine to work at Lucasfilm, and I was, that time I was, had become an editor, and it turned out they needed an editor, and they were just an online classified, it was very, it's funny, you know, things changed, it was very easy in uh, 2000, 2001, they just had their website, and they were just listed there, and you didn't have to search for them or anything, it was very easy to see what they had, Jobs and didn't get them, and finally interviewed with Lucy Wilson, who was the longest or first Lucasfilm employee, who started back in 1974, and uh, she hired me as the nonfiction editor, and uh, that was at Skywalker Ranch, and um, you know it turned out that nonfiction meant behind the scenes and making of books and all the stuff that I'd always been very passionate about, and so you know it was just a good fit. But I wasn't supposed to write anything when I was hired at first. That came
0: later. And where is all the um, archival material located and how is it organized? Is, is that Skywalker Ranch? Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's why really only somebody who works there could sort of pull all this stuff together. Yeah. Anybody coming from the outside, wouldn't, wouldn't, and now it's impossible, basically. But
1: when, when Lucasfilm was Film another first i did you know i found out about there's the basic art archives that you know most people know about at skywalker which is the models and the two-dimensional art and the uh, you know that's where all the ralph Macquarie paintings are and the joe Johnston storyboards and the model shop maquettes and you know the the arc of the covenant and things like that and the costumes and everything um and but then you know there's a,
0: You mentioned the uh, arc. Was you mean like the actual arc was there for the movie? The
1: cabinet,
0: yeah. yeah. There's two. One
2: goes out on exhibit. Uh, and know. Stays there. Yeah.
1: Um, I think one's been on exhibit almost the entire time that uh-huh. I was there. I believe, but there's
2: one there, and you can. Nobody ever looks inside. We, we keep to the really. <laughs> to the filth,
0: nobody looks inside that uh, Okay. Arc. Don't want to have your head. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that either. How about the how about the holy grail? Is the holy grail there? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Excuse me, yeah, there there are quite a few holy grails. Yeah. More than one. It's a little bit different from the film. There's you know, a lot of props are done in series, so there's quite a few holy grails and
2: bad holy grails. (laughs) Yeah. Right.
1: Oh, across of uh, Coronado. Coronado. Yeah. There in the, wow. in the painting of the medieval knight walking across. mm mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. I mean,
0: basically, I mean, you know, some things, of course, have disappeared or fallen apart, but a lot of that stuff is there. Um. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. Uh. So yeah, let's get to the book a little bit and the movies. Um. Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting that um he originally had the name of his Indiana Smith and. That's kinda hard to hard to picture. Um I think they made the the right choice changing it to to Jones. (laughs) Yeah, and also
1: Tom Selleck was gonna be Indiana Jones. Right. So, you know, it's those happy I mean Tom Selleck's a good actor and everything, but it's always funny to see how things might have been and these little little left turns, little right turns change things in a big way. And it wasn't gonna catch...
0: Yeah, in fact, that's actually going to be my next question. I was curious what you thought about if it. You thought you think it would work with another actor because um, yeah, it it seems like Kirsten Ford was right under their noses, but Lucas didn't want to use him because um, he'd already, like you said, he already worked with him and didn't want to be. um, I guess maybe associated with him for every movie. Right. Right.
2: But it was it was meant to be. Yeah.
0: In the archives, I was curious if um there are deleted scenes there. Like in the book you mentioned um the, the scene in Raiders when he um when Marcus comes in and he's lounging uh in his in like a, a bathrobe and the the book said that there's actually a a deleted scene where um one of the co eds from the college is over there with him and do those scenes exist anywhere? Like have you actually seen those?
1: Yeah. I don't know which scenes were actually filmed. Okay. There were a lot of things that were written in a script that never got mm-hmm. to the filming stage. Uh, yeah, I think pretty much all the deleted film scenes are written put out on the in DVD. Okay. I, don't even, I doubt there's anything yeah. left. That they
2: haven't plundered. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you about the, um about just the use of CGI. And one thing that I was struck by when when reading um, was just the the amount of effort that it took, uh, like, in the early 80s to um, hit certain shots. Like, for instance, with the snakes, Spielberg had a couple thousand snakes but ended up not covering the floor in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so he said, let's get another 7,000 snakes. And just the whole process um, that the, you, you explained it was really... Uh, kind of amazing with just the work involved in getting a a snake expert and getting them shipped. And, and it makes me think that like, I kind of, it kind of almost gives me an appreciation for like why, why they do CGI because it would just be so much easier. But at the same time, I think um, the, you know, and I guess a common criticism of the newer movies is that the CGI doesn't look as good, but I was just curious if you had an opinion on that. No. trick in the Yeah, a little uh, reflection, right?
1: Yeah, you could see that reflection
0: even when you first uh, mm-hmm. film. Right. And
1: now you could take that out. Right. Um, so you know, and CGI is, you know, it's the natural evolution of film, but it's a, it's a tool just like any that can be really misused, and I think it it really is misused most mm-hmm. of the time these days, seems to me.
0: And then uh, moving on to Temple of Doom, I I personally love Temple of Doom. Um, it seems like Spielberg isn't really that fond of it, though. He mentions how he he met Kate Capshaw out of it, but other than that, um, but um, uh, do you do you get that impression too that he's just not not really wild about Temple of Doom? Well, I've, I've
2: never spoken to Spielberg about it. Okay. So yeah. mm
1: Mm-hmm. which was, uh, nobody, I don't think, going to, and I don't know that they actually saw it, but it seems very Indiana Jonesy. If you really want to see a strange movie, it's got Myrna Loy in it and Boris Karloff, and it's made in 1932, and it is unbelievably xenophobic.
2: <laughs> yeah. But 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 weird, good in a weird way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: then moving on to, um, Last Crusade, uh, I've always loved the opening um, where he's a a younger kid and I think it um, really just sets up the whole movie and is just really, really well done. And in the book, um, uh, you said that it was actually George Lucas's idea to, to, to do that and he pushed for that. Do you have anything else about The Last Crusade that really stands out to you or that you really enjoy about the movie? I do too. I, yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: I mean, it's one of those. Yeah, it's rare
0: that the third one. Yeah. Is-
2: Absolutely. Well, so well written, and uh, an ILM was just at the top of its game. There was nothing
0: they couldn't do at that point, so it seemed like a perfect place to end the series too. But then they made yeah. a
2: the one, and, and apparently
0: they're going to make a fifth one. Right? Yeah. And so moving on to Crystal Skull, um, how do you think George Lucas feels about it? Because um, um, at least for me personally, like I I haven't really talked to anybody. Who, who really liked it except for my mom um, I think she liked Karen Allen and some of the dialogue between them um, but most of my friends and people I've talked to are not big Crystal Skull fans but in just reading about it online a little bit it seems like there are some critics and some people who who liked it but um, has has there been kind of a backlash similar to the um, the the more recent Star Wars movies um, or is George Lucas do you know if he's still pretty happy with it. I I really don't know what George thought of it. Yeah. I wouldn't venture to say. Okay. Um, You know, he's he's not afraid to be critical of something if he thinks
1: it didn't come up to snuff, and he probably would have said so in public. I, I mean, I did interview him for that book, but when I did, the movie wasn't finished yet. Okay. The book had to come out, you know, had to go to the printer before the movie came out. There was, I couldn't ask him about it. I mean, I, I, he, I visited the set with him. And I hung out with him a little bit on the set when they were doing the part where they arrived
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, for me, my, my biggest issue with it, and I, I just watched it maybe, like, four days ago um, for the first time in, in quite a while, and um, I, I just felt like there weren't enough, like, like fun, rewatchable moments. Like, in any of the first three movies, I can pick scene after scene where, you know, it comes on. Like, if I'm flipping channels and, oh, like, this this part is on, I'm going to watch it because I really enjoy this part. But I just felt like there there, were, there weren't enough moments that I can look back and think, oh, this was a great moment that was really fun to watch. Um, well, I think what can happen that happens to a lot of people when they're
1: working in, you know, James Bond, or, well, I don't know about James Bond, but, you know, if you're, when you're when you're making movies or working on something that already has an illustrious past, past
2: it, there's a great temptation to kind of redo and imitate what was already done and that'll lead to disaster or you know or just a very sense of redundancy you know you want to do something that's fresh and and what george and steven spielberg did in the first three films is
1: revamp stuff but making it but but making it fresh and uh, making it funny and not taking it too seriously and then, but also doing it better than anybody had done it before because they had new tools. So, you know, hopefully the fifth one will, will be more in that vein.
0: Yeah, and actually I want to, that kind of leads me to the to my next part. I want to talk about the fifth one a little bit. Um, do you um, have any any information or anything you know about um, the fifth one? Is it is it definitely on track or is it still in the proposed state? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh,
2: quit about a year ago. Yeah. Fifteen? Yeah, fifteen. And uh, so I, you know, I'm out of the loop. I,
1: and uh, I had lunch with a couple of friends months or so ago, but I mean, obviously they they can't tell me anything, and I right. it, but I really don't know. I just don't okay. know any, You know, probably more than I do. Okay, <laughs> but, and I. There and I don't have to know. I don't
0: yeah. want to know anything because it's a lot more fun going to the movies. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you think that they would ever consider doing um, like a like a James Bond style reboot where it's um, a different actor? Because um, it seems to me like Harrison Ford's getting getting up there, and um, I mean he certainly looked all right in, in Crystal Skull, but that was already what like eight years ago, and so um, do you? Do you think that they would ever get to the point where they just kind of churn them out every three or four years? Yeah, it's just one of those
1: things. As long as people keep paying to go see them, yes yeah. and they're profitable, they'll keep making them at whatever yeah. rate they think they can they can sustain. Because you know they have to they have a slate of movies and they you know there's product related to it, and so it's a, it's really the question of how successful they are. I mean, I... I they can't stop Harrison Ford's aging process, right. so eventually, if, if, like James Bond, yeah, they'll have to. Get the, I assume they'll have to get another Indiana Jones, um, you know, unless he, unless he discovers some,
2: <laughs> some miracle fountain of
1: youth kind of thing in his backyard. Yeah. And I have to say, he, he's proven he's pretty indestructible so far. Yeah. But, <laughs>
0: And then George Lucas, um, how closely did you work with him? And do you have any good uh, behind-the-scenes George Lucas stories? I have lots of stories. That, uh, <laughs> I worked with. I, I kind of became George's de facto publisher
1: um, for Star Wars books that he wanted to see get made. Because um, got, I got to know him while doing Episode 3. I don't know if you've seen that book.
0: No, I haven't. Maybe just like um, um, I don't know, maybe something that kind of illustrates his his character, his personality.
2: Times where he um, can compartmentalize, which I think most people just can't do. Mm-hmm.
1: Most people, if something's bothering them, it's going to bother them all the time until yeah. it's resolved. And I was with him times, and I knew that over, you know, there or whatever something was on fire. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but he would just be able to turn his attention to whatever he had to do in the meantime and be totally focused on that. And you'd never know that anything was going wrong or that. You know, he didn't know how he was going to resolve this visual effects problem, or do this
2: or that, and that's not even counting. You know, whatever is happening in his personal life. Not that I think there was a lot of stuff going on, but I mean, you know, people have personal life too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was always
1: really, and I, I hope that I learned something from his professionalism and his emotional intelligence.
2: To me, that was very, very. Hmm. And I think it's something that we could all work on as our maturity,
0: our personal evolution. To get pretentious. Yeah, and I'm also interested just in the general topic of creativity and like where creativity comes from. And and, and for for him, I, I would be curious to know like like what he does to um, like if the ideas just kind of come to him or if he
2: sits I down think and both. No, yeah.
1: He starts at nine and he doesn't quit till I
2: think he I think he said he had to write five pages a day. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: question, what are you doing now? Do you have any projects you're working on?
2: Okay. So, that and, you know, other things. Um but I, it's, I have nothing that I can talk about. Not that anything's great secret. But right. <laughs>
0: What is the time period of your historical novel? my eyes open forward and yeah i really appreciate your time thanks for talking and okay no problem it's great talking about chatting yeah yeah a lot of fun okay
1: all, all right, right well, thank i we- uh, hope it doesn't get too
0: cold yeah thanks <laughs> all right bye bye all right bye so now i'm going to call my friend joe passman i've known him since kindergarten and we've been friends ever since uh, except for the time in third grade when he challenged me to a fight on the playground I'd done something to upset him during lunch, and he told me to meet him by the merry-go-round at recess. We met up, and he said that since I was such a chicken, he'd give me another chance. Um, Fortunately, we've patched up our differences since then, and I actually saw him for the first time uh, in a long time um, just a few weeks ago. Uh, So here is my conversation with him cool you know after not talking to you for years now all of a sudden it's like twice in like two weeks it's crazy <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah so I just uh, uh, you know I'm doing this Indiana Jones podcast and I have some some important questions for you um, my first question for you um, just so the so the people know a little bit about who you are so um, you're you're an Iraq war veteran you're a PhD candidate your husband your father on a scale of 1 to 10, how disappointed are you that you haven't done more with your life? <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know. It's probably about as disappointing as the last
0: Indiana Jones movie. Oh, okay. But, okay.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and you're also, I didn't mention, but you're also an Indiana Jones expert fan. Um, so, okay, I'm going to start off with with my most important question here. Um, so, okay. okay. One day, a mysterious stranger shows up on your doorstep, and he offers you unlimited fortune or unlimited glory. Which one do you pick? Um,
3: let's see. I think I would punch him in the face. <laughs> <his coat>. Okay, <laughs> it's
0: a good, it's a good answer. I
3: mean, Indiana Jones uh, tell short rounds. The reason why they were doing this was. For either fortune or glory, uh-huh. um, he showed short round, uh, but the two have to be uh, maintained together.
0: Okay, very good. So you passed your first your first test. Now the, the second <laughs> second test. Uh, do you typically spell Jehovah with a J or an I? Um. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many uh, points at which I've gotten in trouble with this. Yeah,
3: the wrong uh, choice first. I climb back up, and, you know, I I go with the eye now. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I go with the eye
0: now. Yeah, I'm sure it comes up a lot in your Chinese um, Chinese studies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, another, another rapid-fire question, what was Germany's biggest mistake, um, historically speaking? Was it declaring war on the U.S., on Russia, or on the Jones boys? Well, you know... in history yeah. uh, and I know That was a big mistake also. I, I agree with that. Um So w- what was your favorite movie of all the the four?
3: Uh, I think uh Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. it's my first.
0: Yeah. First
3: choice.
0: And favorite scene?
3: Yannick starts to tell uh, the, the girl in short rounds to, to move back and he starts to wrap his leg
2: um, around the, the roping and lifts up the
3: machete and basically says, Kali, I'll see you in hell. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> One of the greatest scenes maybe ever made. maybe ever made.
0: He's not nuts. <laughs> he's crazy <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah that is a great scene yeah yeah I'd say I'd
2: say so
0: how about um, Crystal Skull would you say it's a great movie or the best movie you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs>
3: And then by historical, I mean, we have written accounts of, you know, the Ark of the Covenant and uh, all that stuff. And, and uh, those written accounts also have what we would call supernatural.
0: really funny is um this, this book that I'm reading that I'm doing the podcast with the author it talks about how George Lucas really wanted to do aliens and Spielberg and both Spielberg and Harrison Ford both said no I don't want to do aliens um, why can't we do Nazis or something else and Lucas was like no it's got to have aliens <laughs>
2: Are you serious?
0: yeah In fact, actually, actually, here's a quote here from the book. Harrison Ford said, I didn't like it at all. I pitched it right back. There there'd always been a mystical element in the stories about an archaeologist who wrestles with the mysteries of past cultures, but I didn't feel this new angle really took advantage of what we had done before. So there you go. Uh, but George Lucas, you know, he, uh, he he giveth and he taketh away.
3: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, Yeah. Which is really interesting because, I mean, that I was head-scratching. Like, who the heck like, thought that this was a good idea? <laughs> um, I guess some people didn't. But it, it's not the first time, you know, with, with my comments uh, being a lot like Harrison Ford, it's not the first time that I've drawn comparisons between myself and Harrison Ford.
0: Right. And um, well, actually, that, I'm glad you brought that up because that um, leads me to my... My last question for you, which was um George Lucas calls and puts you in charge of Indiana Jones Five. He says, Joe Passman, you're the guy that I want leading this. What what does Joe Passman do with Indiana Jones Five? Does he do you have Harrison Ford, a seventy five year old? Do you have a new guy? Do you have both of them? What what time period is it? Plot. Tell me your tell yeah. me your pitch here. Yeah.
2: That-
3: So, I mean, I would, I would probably want to put it, uh, either at the height of World War II, because I think that these, uh, especially Raiders of the Lost, La- or sorry, uh, Last Crusade really, is-
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm kind of in the same boat where, like, I, I think they should just do it like James Bond, where they just have a new guy and cause Harrison Ford. I think he's 75 by now, and at some point, I think he's just got to move on. I mean, I love him; he's great, did a great job. But um, and yeah, I like I like keeping it in that kind of like 30s, 40s instead of um, making it too much later. Because yeah, there's so much you can do with World War II and. Um, yeah, I, I think they should keep it there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, and
3: there's something special about this series. Like, yeah. I know it's the, the middle one. Uh, uh,
0: sorry. Uh, Temple of Doom. Tem- yeah, Temple of Doom didn't do this, but the other ones, there's just
3: this special thing about hating Nazis. It's just <laughs> It's just so great. And it's just so wonderfully presented. Like, that disgust and that hatred of Nazis. And that, that, I think mean, that's too good to just give up. And they could even do it even at the end of World War Two, like I said, when everything's in the of flux and there's, um, there's even, like, the underground uh, Nazi uh, movements trying to, like some sort of Nazi resistance um, after Hitler's dead and after the uh, they capitulate but yeah there's, all, there's a lot to do yeah. um, there but I agree I mean 30s and 40s is just it is just awesome yeah. now also I think with the crystal skull thing they just did so much CGI right. junk that it, it, I mean the same thing with. Like, three originals, I mean, there's, I felt like, I don't want to be too flippant about
2: somebody else's work, but right. I think they were crap, um, visually.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because, um, another thing in this book, Spielberg says how he wants to make a, excuse me if I can just find it real quick, but yeah, he basically says like he wants to make a movie that looks real and, and, uh, and like old school, non-CGI and... Um, and yeah, it's like, after watching Crystal Skull, because I just watched it a few days ago to remind myself, because I hadn't seen it in a while, and it's like, yeah, I must have been watching a different movie, because, (laughs) um, yeah, it's, it it looks very fake.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe Crystal Skull will have a good, uh, legacy. But the only way I can see it having a good legacy is if, like, somehow... Of it and buried them like, in some sort of like underground temple complex that was like shaped with booby traps or something like that. And maybe like a thousand or two years later, some intrepid uh, archaeologist slash action dude uh, has the guts to.
0: It's a good it's a yeah, really good yeah. point. That's yeah. why I mean you yeah. always think outside the box, so I'm really glad to have you on here. So do you remember um yeah. do, you, do you remember in, in fifth grade, uh fifth grade, fourth grade, I I can remember um I remember I think it was you and Mark Christman um we used to go um like oh num shibai oh num shibai for your time that was fun i will uh, send this to you once it's ready to go and you can you can listen you can share share with all your friends your students um yeah, yeah but yeah
3: yeah that would be great Appreciate and, it. Uh, yeah thanks for having me on yeah and, yeah i don't know maybe if this phd thing works out yeah. um, as a phd in, in history uh you know i'm sitting actually in my little office okay like it literally with mountains of books uh-huh. but uh um, but uh, maybe I'll get out of the office, too, and have some wacko adventures um, to it. You know, who knows? I might just show up at your place of work one of these years and just say, Nick, I'm recruiting you for a team. And uh, I'm, in. I'm in. You're in? Yeah. Okay, does your,
0: well, does your, does your college have a museum? Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay. But, uh,
3: underground stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to exploit there. Cool. Awesome. I'm in. All
0: right. Thanks, Thanks, man. All right. I'll
1: see you. Okay.
0: All right. Bye. Bye. So there you go. Joe Passman, everybody. Uh, Thanks to Joe and JW for their time. Uh, Once again, JW's book is the complete making of Indiana Jones. Uh, You can find him online at uh, jwrinsler.com and on Twitter at Rinsler. Um as for me, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at sweeto three at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Project MacGyver and my blog is the MacGyver com.
2: Thanks for listening.